Look, in all honesty, I think Penn State's priorities should be retaining Manny Diaz rather than finding that prolific offensive coordinator. It's going to be more important to keep Manny Diaz happy. How's it all going to turn out? What are Manny Diaz's options? We're discussing that on today's Locked On Nittany Lions. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And that is right. You are locked on Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Seiko, bringing you all things Penn State Nittany Lions. Some good news coming for the program, as in addition to talking about Manny Diaz, Penn State picks up a commitment from a 2025 four-star quarterback. We're going to discuss that, plus the options that are Continuing to dwindle here at, at the offensive coordinator spot, or I guess emerging in, in, in some case as coaches are, are being changed. But this also impacts Manny Diaz's decision, which I think should be the biggest priority for Pat Kraft, James Franklin, and the Penn State Nittany Lions. Prioritized over an offensive coordinator. Before we discuss, help out the channel. Subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, and comment down below. Manny Diaz, offensive coordinator, what's your preference if Penn State could make the, the splash decision with one? Because I think keeping Manny Diaz is more important, especially with what you have lingering or what you're going to be potentially losing on defense. The offense is very much intact outside of a couple offensive linemen. The, the defense, though, could have a lot of question marks going into the offseason, especially if you lose the architect of this defense, but we're, we're talking everything in this episode, but starting with Manny Diaz, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting because he wants a head coaching job. We, we know that first and foremost for Manny Diaz, he had the job at Miami of Florida was the defensive coordinator. And then ultimately the head coach and then was fired and then landed it at Penn state. So that is the bar that is set for Diaz to return to. He's from Florida. He's going to have, not only does he have head coaching aspirations again, but he's also going to have options this offseason. You had the one year, okay, Penn State's defense looks really good, and then you put this season together, and it's like, well, it's downright elite. It's top five, even with the offense holding the team back in this sense. And places are taking notice of that. There are quite a few options that, Manny Diaz could be looking at, but he's not going to settle. And that's the argument that everybody has been making to me or just in general is that if Manny Diaz is probably going to stay because a comparable job is not going to open up. And I, I don't think that's the case. The SEC could be calling maybe somebody else in the ACC. It really depends what opens up further down the road. I've talked about South Carolina as an option, but Frank Beamer is well liked, even though the the record does not really show it. They have been significantly underwhelming. So maybe do they make a change and maybe they're in over their heads on Frank Beamer. How about Sam Pittman at Arkansas? I don't know that Arkansas is as much of a fit, but if they do want to move on from Sam Pittman, that's an SEC job that could open up for Manny Diaz as well. But I think the one that comes to mind First is Mississippi State because Mississippi State let go of a first-year head coach. We we all know the unfortunate passing uh, of Mike Leach, so the circumstances are a little bit different in this case. 
But Manny Diaz actually has legitimate connections to Mississippi State and the Bulldogs, Joe Moorhead. So Mississippi State's not afraid to go up to the Big Ten Conference, particularly Penn State, and go get a head coach in a coordinator. Joe Moorhead did it. Could they do it again this time with the defensive guy in Manny Diaz? Well, Manny Diaz had not one but two coaching stints with the Bulldogs as an assistant, but he's familiar with it. He's He's been down in Starksville. Uh, now, here's where it gets a little interesting. Mississippi State has been very clear that they want a, a former, a, a head coach, an active head coach. That That seems to be the priority in this case for a lot of these bigger Power Five programs is that they don't want to go to a coordinator. They would rather get somebody that is an active head coach and promote that way. Someone who's maybe at a group five or another power five that's just like a Lance Leopold, right, at Kansas, who can definitely move up in this situation. But it, it looks like that Mississippi State, and this is good news for Penn State, right? We want we want these schools to make other decisions so that Manny Diaz doesn't get any ideas for, for Penn State fans here. But Jamie Chadwell, now you can take this with a grain of salt or you can uh, use this as legitimate evidence here. But uh, Jamie Chadwell is the Liberty head coach for college football enthusiasts. They know him well. For those who don't, yes, he's coached an undefeated Liberty Flames team that lost Hugh Freeze that went over to Auburn, and Chadwell's done an exceptional job with the Flames. But it seems that he's got his location turned on when he make posts when he makes a post on his from his coaching account, and I'm sure that he has an assistant handling that. However, why are you linked to the, so why is your location linked to Starksville, Mississippi? Like I said, this is a good thing. This is a good observation, but he had a tweet saying, Hey, let's get ready to go. Liberty flames fan base. We, we got a game this weekend and this was posted in Starksville, Mississippi state territory. So what is he doing there immediately after? And, and it's not like these programs the same. So the similar case with Penn state in the offensive coordinator spot. You make that firing, you don't say, well, we're going to wait a couple of weeks and let it simmer. The second that coach is let go, they are on the phones immediately because then athletic, the athletic director, the athletic department, their jobs become on the line if they're, if they're not doing all that. Same thing with the, I mean, in this case for Mississippi State, they don't have a head coach to make those calls like a James Franklin does. James Franklin's going to be making those calls for the offensive coordinator spot. Many Diaz to Mississippi State. I was a little worried about this one just because of the previous connections. It is comparable, if not better. Miami of Florida has the resources, which is why I would say, and it is Miami of Florida in this case. They used to be a powerhouse in the early 2000s. We all know about the legacy there. So Manny Diaz isn't going to take a step backwards because I've heard NC State as a possibility. He coached there as well. NC State's below Miami of Florida. I can't see him doing that. I, I really can't. But Mississippi State, that's in the SEC. He's coached there. Familiarity. If they're going to go with Jamie Chadwell, by all means, go for it, Mississippi State. Please do. Uh, some other options here. I keep an eye on Texas A&M. I legitimately do. Because Texas A&M, like Miami of Florida, has all of the resources that it would need in this modern age of college football. I am not advocating or arguing that Texas A&M has Manny Diaz on the highest priority there. I think that's Deion Sanders. I really do. I think the Aggies are going to throw an absurd amount of money to try to get Deion Sanders away from Colorado. I don't know if he makes that decision, but there's two parts to this when you watch the Texas A&M job because it is a massive domino. Whether Manny Diaz is an actual legitimate head coaching candidate for that vacancy is, is up for debate. 
Texas A&M could. I think Manny Diaz is good enough to take that. I'm I'm naming SEC jobs here, right? Mississippi State, Texas A&M, one's a little more high profile than the other, but you have all the resources in the world. The the college football world, everybody likes to dunk on Texas A&M and say that it's a cruddy job or it's no good or why would anyone coach there? You have all of the resources to try to build a national contender plus the support. I'm talking about the financial support. I'm also talking about just the, the general emotional support here, right? They are going to back you tenfold. So Manny Diaz, if he's offered the job, yeah, you you take that one, but I don't think he's going to be their top candidate. I really do think that's Deion Sanders. With that being said, if Texas A&M pulls a coach from another program, it's important to keep an eye on Dan Lanning. But Dan Lanning just said that he is committed to Oregon. Okay, so that's a good thing. That's also another domino. What if Dan Lanning, who's very young, he's in his late 30s, what if Dan Lanning moved to another spot like the Texas A&M? Then Oregon opens up, and I think Oregon's a comparable job. Is that bar, is that level bar for Manny Diaz to take? What about Kalen DeBoer at Washington? That's another one that you need to keep an eye on. If Texas A&M is going to say, hey, we're going to throw tons of money at you. And then again, plus not only the financial, the checks that you're going to get weekly, monthly from this program, you you are going to have every single resource at your disposal to build a football program. Kalen DeBoer and Dan Lanning do not make as much money. They would have their salary doubled if they went to Texas A&M. Same case for Manny Diaz, probably tripled. Uh, if Penn State now... Uh, those are kind of all the realistic jobs here. Again, anything could open up at any time. Manny Diaz is from Florida. He did interview for the FAU job, but I think I ultimately don't think that was the best fit, even if that's from his area. If Florida ever opened up again, he's he went his alma mater's Florida State, but Mike Norvell has pretty much a good hold on that job. I don't think that's going to come open anytime soon. But Florida isn't exactly perfect. The, the recruiting class is good for 2024, but I feel like it's in flux with some of the recruits that they've lost. Javante Waller flipped recently to Auburn. If that kind of job ever opened up again and Manny Diaz can stayed at Penn State or wherever, if he doesn't go to another head coaching spot, if he still stays as a, as a defensive coordinator at Penn State or another location that's been rumored for him, which I'm going to discuss in just a moment, I think the Florida Gators would make a lot of sense for Manny Diaz if that conversation were to ever happen, if it were. But that's not the case right now. They're not looking to make a head coaching change. But let's talk about that lateral move before we take a break here. USC has been rumored to possibly poach Manny Diaz. USC is going into the Big Ten. This would be a big deal. Uh, Manny Diaz hasn't particularly been, he hasn't had, he hasn't had a coaching career out in the West Coast, it's been all along the East Coast, right? He's very familiar with this area, but I, I can't, I can't imagine that USC won't break out the checkbook and say, "Hey, uh, Coach Diaz, why don't, why don't you make a lateral move here?" So Penn State might have to get into a bidding war to maintain him. I, I don't know what Manny Diaz's salary is. I anticipate somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe two to three million dollars. It might be more because he's a previous head coach, and Penn State is very lucky to have him. Really, this is this is a launching pad for what Manny Diaz wants to do. This is not his final spot, but try to keep him around as long as possible if you can. The ones the ones that I am the most worried about are Mississippi State, of course, and then depending on what Texas A&M does. If they are able to pull away a coach from another comparable program, 
that's going to be concerning because again, it's like the big fish eats little fish. And then the next, that next one down the row is going to continue to, to eat the food chain. Just something to keep an eye on. I don't think the, I don't think NC state is a legitimate contender, especially since they are having a success, more or less successful season, right? They are over 500. They're not a playoff contender or conference contender by any means, but that was one. I, I would say the most threatening spots are USC. If they're going to break out the check foot as a lateral defensive coordinator move, or Mississippi State if they don't ultimately go with a current head coach like a Jamie Chadwell uh, at Liberty. But uh, it's important. I, I think Manny Diaz staying at Penn State is the biggest priority, especially when you are going to have the question marks I know should be around the offense because you have the vacancy at OC, but you have Drew Aller coming back. You have Singleton. You have Allen. You could have all three wide receivers coming back. And I know they haven't been great this year. I really, I know they haven't been good this year either. But another year of experience, Dante Cephas, another year in the program, just even if the playbook changes, getting used to the speed of things in the Big Ten and the way that Penn State operates, Tyler Warren's back, right? Andrew Rapley is going to have another year. Yes, you lose Olu Fashionu, but you've been recruiting all these top-tier offensive linemen. The offense, for me, isn't the issue. It's the defense that could hypothetically lose Manny Diaz, Kalen King, Chop Robinson, Adisa Isaac, Curtis Jacobs. How about Johnny Dixon, who I think has played his way into a respectable draft spot? Daquan Hardy, does he want to play another year of college football, even though he has the eligibility? I just How many starters did I just name there? Practically more than half of the defense is gone, including the architect, hypothetically, right? So that's why I think it's more important for Penn State to focus on Manny Diaz. If, if you had to pick one, and I'm not saying you have to pick one or the other, it'd be great to knock both out of the park, but your bigger priority is keeping Manny Diaz in Happy Valley for at least one more season, if not two or three. We all know he wants to be a head coach again. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It's important. But Penn State did have some good news here. Penn State had a lot of good news today, actually, on Tuesday, November 14th, as Bakim Kritza, 2025 quarterback, commits to the Nittany Lions despite the firing of Mike Yursich. We got plenty to discuss there, which we will do in the upcoming segment. But first, let's hear from one of our sponsors on today's episode, and that is Case Medical. I, we spent a lot of time talking together, you and I, and we get fired up on the wins and losses, certainly in losses. <laughs> who starts? Who sits? Changes in the coaching staff. And I'm thankful for that connection that you and I have. And, and today, I would like to chat a little more about something personal. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics like Cialis and Viagra. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half just to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year's supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would like to get that peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. That is Jace Medical. 
And the Locked On Podcast Network amps up college football coverage every Friday, live on YouTube across the Locked On College channels, including this one with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. You can watch the show live, get the preview of the weekend's slate of games, college football playoff implications. Penn State was in that conversation. Now they're now they're not. So I don't get the chance to be invited back on the show. Really stinks. I, I liked my couple of debuts there, but there's Locked On College Football Kickoff Live as we all. Yes, we appreciate the Nittany Lions, but we also appreciate the sport of college football. And you can get the latest and greatest there. Locked on college football kickoff live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Beckheim Kritza, four-star quarterback, according to rivals in the class of 2025, commits to the Nittany Lions. This is really good news for Penn State because it means that commits High school prospects aren't afraid to, especially on the offensive side. Defensive side is, of course, a different story because you have everyone on the staff intact. Most of these kids, most of these prospects commit to their coordinator, commit to their position coach because they're working with them almost 24-7. James Franklin and the Institute of Penn State are one thing, but defensive linemen are committing to work with Dion Barnes. The linebackers committing to work with Manny Diaz. In the secondary, Anthony Poindexter, Terry Smith, right? You get, you get my point. So Penn State firing its offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach in Mike Yursich, it was something just to at least watch, analyze, how would this unfold? There were the rumors of this, a lot of recruiting experts who do a great job across all, all the networks, whether it's rivals 24-7 on three, were indicating that hey, they felt really good about Beckheim Kritza still committing to Penn State despite immediately what happened. Kritza announced that he was going to have a decision made. He visited for the Penn State-Michigan game. Mike Yersich was fired on Sunday, and Kritza said, hey, I'm going to commit on Tuesday, and it ultimately came down to the Nittany Lions as his decision. But people want to know about Kritza, not ultimately, you know, why he, why he chose Penn State is a good thing. That means that James Franklin is still one of the best recruiters in the country. Danny O'Brien probably had a lot of influence in this, and, and it's important to keep him around, right? Maybe you give him, a, I'm not saying an offensive coordinator spot, but as a guy who's going to have a little more influence on the quarterbacks for the remainder of the season, maybe you have an offensive coordinator, and then separately the quarterbacks coach and Danny O'Brien, I, hypothetically, I, I'm not necessarily advocating for that, but the the staff really anchored down despite the adversity and they're able to land a very respectable commit. And I'm, I don't think Penn state's done recruiting quarterbacks, Ryan Montgomery and Malik Washington are two players that we've talked about extensively with Brian Smith of the locked on podcast network as the recruiting analyst. Those guys are still the primary targets. I wouldn't be surprised if Penn state gets two quarterbacks in this class, but let's learn about Beckheim Kritza six foot five style type of quarterback with the size, right? This isn't 5'10", 5'11", under six foot. This is a six foot five, 180 pound prospect. So he's definitely a red shirt candidate. You want him to now, he's still a junior, right? You're getting a junior to commit as early as he is. So maybe he can put on 20 more pounds and bulk up to six foot five, 200 pounds. Uh, because I think ultimately at the end of the day, Kritza, if he wants to play at the college football level, will ultimately have to weigh about 220, 230. I don't think he'll bulk up to Drew Aller's size. I think six foot five. It depends on how he handles the weight. Penn State's not going to make a player add unnecessary weight just to say, well, he got, he has it. He picked it up in the weight room. He's been eating more. They don't do that. But I think an ideal to maximize his frame is six foot five, 220, because he is mobile. I wouldn't exactly describe him as a dual threat, but he can move. He certainly can move, uh, even at that six foot five height. 
Now, he, he's had an interesting high school career. For Kritza, he's a three-star according to some sites. Rivals really likes him at, a, at that four-star rating because as a freshman at Fairview, Colorado, 20 touchdowns to three interceptions and, and led a winning squad, but then took a chance, bet on himself, and transferred to one of the biggest powerhouses in all of the United States, Miami Central. He transferred down in the, floor, in the state of Florida and didn't really find a niche. Didn't really work out at Miami Central and, and was a backup the entire time. Never really saw and never saw the field. And then transfers back to Fairview, where he's from. And now he's got to get cleared and everything. But he is playing once again. But he had to wait a few weeks before he could actually step on the field since there's transfer rules uh, in the state of Colorado. Those are their state-specific rules uh, about transferring. But he's a junior. He's a two-sport two athlete, which I highly encourage. I know that Penn State likes that as well. They like players who are playing multiple sports. He's a football and a basketball player. He averages double digits when he plays basketball. He's a raw prospect, but he's a talented prospect, somebody that's definitely going to need developing. So he's certainly a redshirt candidate. He's not someone that's going to, uh, to light it up the second he gets on campus. I think that Penn State is probably going to encourage him to enroll early as well to start that clock, to start that development a little early. But I think the best case scenario out of all of this, not only do you get, you get a quarterback commit, despite firing your offensive coordinator and your quarterback's coach, who Becky and Kritza was probably somewhat close with. He was starting to build a relationship and still felt comfortable enough to make the decision to commit to Penn State with all this turbulence going on. I think, I think that's the most important takeaway out of all of this. So Penn State gets another addition to the class of 2025, its first quarterback commit. But keep an eye on the offensive coordinator. I don't think Penn State is done trying to get a second quarterback because Malik Washington and Ryan Montgomery are too good to pass up just because. And Penn State ideally would like to take two quarterbacks. Drew Aller, Bo Perbula are going to... You see, you see these other programs, the championship-winning programs. They have quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. Georgia has how many high-profile guys waiting? They don't care that they have five or six players that could start anywhere else. Penn State is trying to do the same thing. Now, it's a matter of keeping them around in the age of the transfer portal and NIL, but you factor that in. You factor in that some guys are hypothetically eventually going to transfer. You don't want that to happen. You would like to have the depth chart intact, but it's a real realistic, distinct possibility, which is why you want to go after multiple quarterbacks in these recruiting cycles. And that is Penn State's goal at the end of the day to add in addition to Bakim Kritza. The offensive coordinator spot. Uh, the search is in its infancy, infancy stages, but names keep emerging for, for better or for worse, right? There's already a discussion already about a head coach who could be potentially fired and if he would land at Penn State. Excited to discuss that one in just a second. But how about we hear from another one of our sponsors on today's episode, and that is LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are in fact hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and the experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then hire. That's so why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I want to give a shout out to happyvalleyinsider.com, Penn State Rivals, for some of the reporting they've been doing, especially over the course of this offensive coordinator search and just everything that they do over there and the help that they provide to this podcast, to this show. Help out the channel. Subscribe if you're not already an everydayer. Become one. Subscribe to YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, and let me know in the comments anything that you want to see from Penn State in this offensive coordinator search because Joe Brady was one of the first names that came to mind because he was the architect of the passing game at LSU, and I get that. And he was a former graduate assistant at Penn State. And now we got a new game player. A new, a new player has entered the arena here. Joe Brady and now Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly is in the conversation uh, as well. We'll start with Joe Brady because there's not there's some legitimacy here, but it's not going to happen. Joe Brady's in the NFL. He's not. I don't think he's coming back to college football, even for a blank check. You don't have to recruit. You don't have to deal with NIL. You don't have to deal with the transfer portal. I don't know what J- Joe Brady's objectives are, but when you now go from you were the quarterback's coach and then the Buffalo Bills, like Penn State, actually fired their offensive coordinator in the middle of the season. So Brady is now going to handle play calling duties for the Buffalo Bills. Why would you take a step back when you're working with Josh Allen? And I, I know they're not exactly a Super Bowl contender this year, but they have been in the past. This is a Buffalo Bills offense that is really good, and Joe Brady has influence on it, especially if he succeeds down the stretch of the season. Now he's got a tough test. And we've talked to Max Chadwick before, PFF, and I wanted to pick his brain a little bit about it. He doesn't like the move. I I don't either. I think Ken Dorsey was not the problem. I think turning the football over four or five times in games because that offense is really, really good. I don't think it was Ken Dorsey's fault. but And I don't know exactly who to blame for the Buffalo Bills. I don't follow them too closely. But abruptly firing Ken Dorsey when it clearly was not his fault wasn't the best move. And now you go into a tough five-game stretch. I don't know how good it's going to look for Joe Brady, but I don't think he's going to give up NFL responsibilities to move back to college football with all of the headaches involved. I think I think his goal is to be an OC and eventually a, a full-time OC and a head coach again in, in the NFL. He was the full-time OC with the Carolina Panthers, uh, was fired, and then he's now been picked up by the Bills, and he's a, and he's a play caller once again for, for a playoff contender and has a very good quarterback to help him out, to help his case uh, again. So Joe Brady is not a legitimate contender to take the Penn State OC job. And here's another one who's not a legitimate contender to take the OC job. This is strictly a rumor, may I preface, but Chip Kelly is expected. Reports are are surfacing in the last uh, couple of hours here on, on Tuesday, November 14th in the evening, that Chip Kelly is going to be fired, relieved of his duties at UCLA. And I just got to say, what a fall from grace. Really, because I think 10 years ago, Penn State hires Chip Kelly or is rumored to get Chip Kelly as an offensive coordinator. People would be celebrating. People would be doing backflips, but that's not the case anymore. He led a team to the national title. He led to Rose Bowls. He was constantly at New Year's Six Bowls with the Oregon Ducks as the head coach. Went from an offensive coordinator, promoted internally with the Ducks, and had a really, and you would think UCLA probably thought the same thing too, that, oh, we'll bring him back to the Pac-12 conference when he, Pac-10, whatever it was, right, when he was with Oregon, and it's different now. Now it's the Pac-2, but Chip Kelly will bring him back out to the same conference, a similar setting. Oregon's not that far away from UCLA in the scheme of things, right? It's on a, it's on the similar part of the country, similar region. 
and, and he should be able to succeed, be able to be able to flourish here. But UCLA, I think, uh, has given him a long time, uh, enough time here to to make some to make some progress. And they're making a change. They're making a change. And this probably doesn't sit right with Penn State fans, especially the ones that don't like James Franklin. UCLA has had Chip Kelly for a bit of time, haven't seen the success they wanted, so they moved on. Texas A&M, how about that record 70 million plus buyout? They are willing to throw all that money just to have Jimbo Fisher not coach them anymore. They didn't see the right progress and the success, so they let him go. And everyone's probably sitting back, well, if they can do it, why can't Penn State do it? A lot of different circumstances. A lot of different circumstances, and that can be devoted to a whole nother episode. But what we're discussing here is Chip Kelly coming to Penn State, and this the these are all just bad rumors. I think I think they're funny. I don't think Chip Kelly wants to set foot in Pennsylvania anymore because remember the train wreck that he led in the NFL with the Philadelphia Eagles, then took the head coaching job with the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think that Kelly, I don't know how much Kelly wants to be around college football maybe anymore at, at this point. If they're going to fire him, I could see him going back to the NFL, possibly as an offensive analyst or maybe an offensive coordinator, because I still think he's a good offensive mind, but maybe college football has outgrown him. He was coaching at Oregon when NIL and the transfer portal weren't a thing. You see why these legacy coaches, these older coaches, both at football, basketball, you name it, are getting out of the game. Mike Krzyzewski at Duke, retired, right? So that's a a small comparison here. But I think some of these coaches just aren't exactly adapting with the times, and maybe that's what Chip Kelly is here. I I don't like him as an offensive coordinator option for Penn State, but I I don't think Penn State is looking at him either. And I don't know that he has a great relationship with James Franklin. So we'll we'll see how, how that ultimately ends up here. I appreciate everyone joining the show. Checking out this episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. Comment your thoughts on Penn State's continued offensive coordinator search. We're going to have some recruiting updates with Brian Smith of the Locked On Podcast Network to discuss where Penn State stands with 2024, 2025, so much more. Yes, they have a football game this weekend. They're going to play Rutgers, and we'll talk about that too. For more Penn State football, men's basketball, Nittany Lions content as a whole, keep it right here on Locked On Nittany Lions.